0: through the community of Thessalonica. May our ears and eyes and thoughts be open to receiving this word of God's mercy. We always thank God for all of you when we mention you constantly in our prayers. This is because we remember your work that comes from faith, your effort that comes from love and your perseverance that comes from hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the presence of our God and Father. Brothers and sisters, you are loved by God, and we know that he has chosen you.
1: We know this because our good news didn't
0: come to you just in speech, but also with power and the Holy Spirit and deep conviction.
1: You know as well as we do
0: what kind of people, we were when we were with you, which was for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord when you accepted the message that came from the Holy Spirit with joy in spite of great suffering. As a result, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The message about the Lord rang out for you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but In every place, the news about your faithfulness to God has spread so that we don't even need to make mention of it. People tell us about what sort of welcome we have for you and how you turn to God from idols. As a result, you are serving the living and true God. A reading of scripture for us, the people of God. Will you join me in saying, thanks be to God. Music in all of our worship, and certainly for the first five being part of our worship this morning. With Thanksgiving week upon us, I'm wondering what kind of traditions your family might be engaged in with, each, with one another this week ahead. In my family, we've always done the pretty traditional Thanksgiving food. We have a turkey, and usually there's dressing and stuffing and being. From the south, we always have plenty of casseroles. Green bean casserole, sweet potato casserole, squash casserole, and I'm sure I'm missing a few others. My way likes pecan pie, but my grandmother likes sweet potato pie, and somewhere along the way someone decided it, it can't be Thanksgiving unless we have pumpkin pie. So we have to have that as well. It's funny how food becomes a part of tradition and and rituals, and -and so-and-so brings this every year, and uncle so-and-so brings that every year. But there is something to be said for shared traditions that we create. We look forward to the time that we spend with the people, right? But also the food that we get to eat. Is anyone getting hungry yet? Another tradition in our family is to go around and share something that you are thankful for. I would venture to guess there are probably many of you in here who have some kind of tradition in your family and it might be something similar. And even it's okay that we sing together often. In our scripture today, we encounter a section of a letter that Paul is writing to the community in Thessalonica. Paul and some of his friends had been there previously, and so, in typical Paul fashion, what he does is, is later he writes back to the community to follow up with them. Now, in some of the Pauline letters that, that happen to other communities, there are words of warning. Like, you guys better straighten up. You're not listening. You're not remembering what I told you. And then some other letters that include encouragement, Like, come oh on, guys. You can do this. You got this. Remember what we talked about. But this letter that we read today, this section from uh, to the community of Thess- Thessalonica, it really is a letter of thanksgiving and praise. Paul has gotten a number of apparently really good reports about what this community has been up to since he left. Now, we don't get a a full sense or a full account of what this group of people must have been like before Paul and, and company arrived, but we can gather some things from other parts of the writing and
1: and also just from
0: the location and some cultural realities of the day. It's clear at a start that Paul went there intentionally because he knew that this was a community to be his second missionary destination as the early church is forming, He sees, he gets that this community, if they experience this love of God that, that he's going around sharing with folks about, that if, if they have the possibility of experiencing a transformation, it's not only going to affect that community, but that it has the potential to have ripple effects to a whole lot of other places. So what is it that Paul is is wanting them to do or to experience? Well, for this early church world at a very basic but also profound level, what he wants them to encounter, what he wants them to have experience of, is the fullness of life with Christ. He wants them to to see what it means to receive this love of God, but not only just to receive it, but also then to imitate it, to live it out, to to share it with others. Paul believes that to experience Christ's love is, is one thing, but when we begin to live it out with others, that has a great possibility of God's love spreading to others. That's when real transformation has the ability to really change a community. For a whole community to be able to feel the effects of that change. And so in this culture at the time where it was focused on self-preservation in the midst of this Roman Empire A culture that probably would have had some influence from cults within this bustling city, and there was also this prominent allegiance to worship of of gods like Roma and to other, and worshiping other idols. The imitation of the Roman Empire ideals was what was the norm and praised. So imagining any kind of shift in those cultural understandings probably was a little bit hard to imagine at first.
1: In a place where love and a
0: generous spirit were not, definitely not the most popular or common choice When they made room to love each other with this love of Christ that Paul was coming around reminding and sharing with, with those early church folks, then that community started to feel compelled towards hospitality and welcome and inclusion that was building up this community with what Scripture says is a hope. then they started to have a hope for a future. They started to have hope for their, their own lives and for the people around them in a different way. A couple of weeks ago, I was with a clergy group that I'm a part of that were focused on uh, prayer in place. That's the name of what our group is. Now, it's one thing when you say, like, okay, I'm going to go and pray, and you get quiet, and you light a candle, and you focus. That's one thing. But what does it look like when you're, you're driving in Atlanta traffic, and you've got a kid screaming in the backseat, and the coffee just still in your, your car, and you don't have weather tech lining to catch it all? So what does it, what prayer look like then? What does God's present look like in a moment like that? So we have a mentor who was helping to facilitate our group, and he shared with us that he had a change in perspective that came to him years ago in ministry that totally changed the way he saw prayer with others. He talked about that he had gone to meet with a family who had someone in the, the hospital, and in his words, he said he had a moment of Holy Spirit intervention. Because what he is inclined to do is to go as a pastor and, and meet the family. And when it, got, it gets time for him to leave, he would say, can I say a prayer with you? And then he would proceed with, with saying that a prayer for the family.
1: But on this day,
0: what came out of his mouth was to ask the person who was there in the hospital. listen to what the other person's experience has been. It changed everything for me when I came to prayer. I want to share with you that fall is my absolute favorite time of year. this, this season that we are in this is a beautiful day in my opinion with the, the sun shining out. Outside, and the main reason why I love it is because I really do enjoy all the changing colors of all the, the trees all around us. Literally, the past couple of weeks, as I've been driving in to work along this way, there are trees uh, around the campus that have just changed. I feel like almost before my very eye with all these different shades and colors. It's amazing to me how, how quickly the changing of the leaves. It's fascinating to watch. And I was reminded the other day, just a little bit of a a science lesson here, that uh, that what contributes to the the change of the color of the leaves has to do with the amount of chlorophyll that is on the leaf. When When the leaf appears green in the spring and it gets even a deeper and richer and fuller green as the summer approaches, it's because of the chlorophyll that is present there on the leaf. It is translating the sunlight into food for the tree. But what happens is that the chlorophyll begins to break down as the weather changes, as the cooler temperatures arrive, as the shorter days begin to occur.
1: Winter is coming
0: for any of you Game of Thrones fans out there. <laughs> so, what we see as the chlorophyll begins to break down are all the colors, like yellow and orange and red, that have actually been in and a part of that leaf all along. But it's as the the weather changes and the environment changes that we begin to see new aspects of what is already there that is able to shine through in a different way. Shane Claiborne is a leader of uh, social justice, and particularly, he's an advocate of the effects of gun violence on communities. He lives in a community in Philadelphia um, that has been deeply impacted.
1: He talks a lot about
0: uh, how his community really what they what they need. He describes it as a, a shift in culture. And it's not just about that person changing or one type of person changing or one group changing or going away. What he talks about is a shift, a true cultural change that is needed. You know, in the midst of tension and polarization and fear, it can be really hard for us to imagine a different way for things to be. And this is not just a reality for for Shane and his community in Philadelphia, but it really is a microcosm of what we see in a lot of our communities all around us. The effects of, of what fear has on our communities. A very practical quote that I love of Shane's says this, For even if the whole world believed in resurrection, would change until we begin to practice it. We we can believe in CPR, but people will remain dead until someone breathes new life into them. And we can tell the whole world that there is life after death, but the world really seems to be wondering if there is life before death. There is a great need for people to experience welcome and love and belonging. And it only happens when people begin to believe that they can live differently themselves. When we begin to receive And experience the love of God in the inward most of our beings. You know, love has been there all along, much like the pigments of the colors on the leaf. But it's only when there is a different environment that begins to unfold that they are able to transform and embody something different. I think about our world and our lives and, and what we need and what we experience. And certainly, with this week of Thanksgiving in front of us, it is a really good time to revel in all of the things that we can be thankful for. For the ways that we have received and experienced Christ alive and at work in our lives and in our communities the many blessings and and gifts that we have. Paul really hoped for the community that they didn't just experience that for themselves, but they found a way that in the midst of all the, the other difficulties and struggles and challenges of the life and their community, that they would step into those gaps, step into those places and find a way to continue to embody the love of God for others. And I think that there's an invitation in there for us today, too, to be reminded of. Now, while Shambly is not the same as Thessalonica, there continues to be a need for us to remember that we, too, are called to continue to express and to live out this love of Christ with others, even when it's hard, even when we don't know what it's going to look like or how we can do something different. We are called to be God's people who live with our eyes wide open, paying attention to, to ways that we can could make a difference. I believe the church today can continue to be the ones that make a difference. When we live out of Christ's love for us with each other, when we're at work, when we're in our neighborhoods with our friends and with our families,
1: when we think about what we need to pray
0: for, What's on our minds? One good way I believe that we can remember this call that we have to be the church is to start by remembering our blessings. What we're thankful for. Today as a part of our worship we have a thankful tree. That's what we're calling it. And this is going to serve as an opportunity for you to take a moment and for us to experience this together as a community for you to reflect on what is it that you are thankful for? Now I hope that you could easily list 10 things. Friends and family. A car that you can drive very easily. Food that you might have in your refrigerator. Those are all wonderful things. But I'm going to challenge you and ask you to dig a little bit deeper today. What have you been praying for? What has God placed on your heart? What do you see as being a need in our community? And what are you thankful for? And so as we have our closing hymn, what your invitation is is to find a leaf that is located around you. Uh, they're, they're all throughout the sanctuary, and I would invite you to grab one. This is already part of our community from our eight forty five services that has placed theirs up here. But you're going to have an opportunity to add your leaf to it. During our closing hands, you can come up and, and let me share with you this. If there's something that you want to acknowledge and honor, but it feels a little bit too private for others to read, you can come up instead of it facing facing an outward that other people might be able to come up and read. Just turn it inward and still place it here as an offering and, and as a witness to what all God is doing in our lives. This is our opportunity to give God thanks for the ways that God is truly at work and alive,
1: and also to have a moment
0: of, of being quiet and listening, trusting that God is still at work in us, that there's still lot to do here in our community, and that